How to dream slash space slash time, cowboys. Welcome to the HBO Boys podcast. Today we are recapping and reviewing Loki, season one, episode five, Journey into the Mystery. I am Adam, and today with me is Ryan. Good day, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that wonderful introduction that Mm. I had you purposely do. Yes. Uh, Yes, sadly, only us today. Turn off the podcast now, everybody. Get on out of here. Just skip to next week. Yep. James and Chad aren't here this week. Uh, Chad hasn't had a chance to watch it, and James has to make sure that his mom can go to Korea. There's some logistical issues with getting people going into other countries these days. That sounds about right. But we are getting to the end. We are in episode five of season one of Loki. As you said, it's called Journey into the Mystery. It could be called Journey into the Mystery. You could also call it, like, Easter eggs and where to find them. Because (laughs) it's just Easter Egg City this week. Shit's like finding Waldo. Before we keep going, I want to just point this out. This episode of the show is dedicated to our pal Connor. Oh, yeah. Connie. Yeah. He listens every week. He does. And that's something that that sounds... The way I'm doing it, it sounds like something's wrong with him. Like, this is his make-a-wish. It is not. not, (laughs) Unless his wish is to have... To be a great pal. He's a great pal. But my favorite my favorite thing about, about him listening to this podcast is he does not watch the show. Yeah, he just listens to the podcast. That's true. He is part of the sect of people who listen to this show who never watch any of the shows. Right. But still listen to the podcasts. And more power to y'all. Really appreciate it. Effectively, this could be actually take longer. But, but whatever. This podcast is longer. Than all of these Disney Plus shows, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Before we get into it, I will say we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash HBO Boys, Boys with a Z. One or more dollar a month. We do a bunch of extra bonus content. I put up a episode of Ryan's Storytime or whatever. That's a bad name, and I have to come up with a better (laughs) one, but... I put up one of those earlier this week, and you added a week earlier on the Patreon. When Westy Town comes out, we'll talk about that more at the end. That mm-hmm. will come out early there. So it's only a dollar, and patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. Go visit. Boys, boys, boys. That shit. Anyway, Adam, our love can destroy all of this. Very true. Do you want to speak more to that? Um, No. Okay. <laughs> As... We enter this episode, Loki awakens within the Loki-verse to the same four Loki bros that we left him with last time. There was boastful Loki, kid Loki, comic book accurate old as fuck Loki, aka (laughs) classic Loki, and reptile Loki, the alligator who stole the show every time he was on screen. Oh, easily. He did generally nothing for 99% of the time, but the 1% of the stuff he did was grade A bullshit. <laughs> he growled a bunch. Yeah, he did growl a bunch. <laughs> that only happens for like two seconds, though, and then we get yeah. the Marvel screen, and we port back to the TVA, and we see the robot head on the ground, what was once what we thought were the timekeepers, but not so much anymore, to just remind us that that happened. And then we go back to post-apocalyptic New York, and it was as we're zooming, our first, well, it's probably not the first Easter egg, But Mm. the first one that I found, the King Tower, the Avengers Tower had Q-E-N-G on it. Oh, I didn't see that. In the comics, I believe, Stark would eventually sell that tower to King Industries, Q-E-N-G again. And it was basically the Shadow Corporation owned by King the Conqueror. 
Oh, okay. So you picked that up or potentially read it after the fact. I did not. So that, I mean, it, I mean, it's Kang, right? So, yeah, we're going to have a discussion <laughs> oh at the God. end of this who it is. But I will say, every Easter egg I'm about to say, I did not pick up. I had okay. to go through and Fair. research this. Like, I, I do, there were only a few of them that were very clear, but almost all of them I had to watch very long YouTube videos about because they are not <laughs> out in the open, usually. The music, by the way, in this moment is slapping so hard. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, it's slap like a person who is like not your parent at Walmart, but still hits you because you deserve it. Like that's how hard this is slapping. It was a disciplinary slap of, the, of, of a track. Right. Like with brass knuckles to the dome of uh, a metaphorical child, not a real one. I would never say to hit kids. Anyway, it, the music is so goddamn good. I would say I, I pick this episode's music to be the best music that Disney plus has had so far for mm. Marvel shows. There's a purple storm in the distance as Loki Prime stands at attention. <laughs> Loki Prime. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. There are so many of them. Like, <laughs> I guess uh, I could call him Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. <laughs> OG, o- OG Loki. OG Loke. OG Loke. Loki OG. Okay, we can go with that. Or, or, or Loji. Loji. Okay. When I, when, every time I say Loki Prime, because that's what's in my notes, remind me that we have come up with a much better name. <laughs> Loji. <laughs> Loji. Anyway, the Lokis must run. They are running away from the mean purple cloud in the distance. And then we get like an exposition dump very quickly. They are in the void. The mean purple cloud is Aeolith. Aeolith? It's a mean I- purple yeah. cloud. Yeah. And it's shaped like a, a, a dragon. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it looks like a dragon cougar. I don't even know. But that shit ain't Puff the Dragon, I'll tell you this. No, right it, it absolutely is not. It's Puff purple, the Dragon <laughs> just wants to chill and watch movies and eat Chinese food. Smoke a little weed. <laughs> and smoke a little weed. And this guy, not so much. He's just like way more high strung. So in this show, Aelith is the being who protects the void. In the comics, Aelith is the first being who broke free from the constraints of time. His empire was like larger than Kang's empire. It stretched billions of years and before the rise of man on Earth. It's actually like three times as large as Kang's empire was. Mm -hmm. And by empire, I mean like amount of time that they owned and operated. And because of that, Kang never attempted to expand his empire vertically, like into distant time eras that Aelith already had. Therefore, his only extends back to like 2000 BC. But also in, I don't know, another timeline, but in another story... Kang fights and defeats Aelith and takes Aelith as like his guard dog for the void, which is what it kind of looks like is happening at this point. Although, again, it might not be Kang. I think the best chances are that it's Kang who is the big baddie pulling all the strings. But there are other choices. True, 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 true. The title screen hits. And we pour back to the timekeeper's room. And Sylvia's taking Ravona's tempad. Ravona says that she wants to know all the answers. Who also lied to me? And she describes the void to Sylvie. She asks her to trust her. And Sylvie's like, why would I? Why would I ever do that? Yeah. I don't. People should stop asking me to trust them. You're just being dummies. And also, <laughs> by the way, I know you're all fucking me over simultaneously. She doesn't, you know, trust, trust no one. She got stolen as a, as a baby Loki. Well, by this lady, <laughs> toddler Loki, by this lady, right? Exactly. So Sylvie gets her time pad. 
and we'll have continued time-based shenanigans with said object. Back in the void, we gloss over a countryside with a large ship, probably the Mary Celeste, which is a ship where the crew disappeared, and a UFO. Again, these are just like, they're just slinging Easter eggs. (laughs) That you totally knew, like off the cuff. Right. When I saw it, I was like, Mary Celeste, out of nowhere. (laughs) A UFO? I love ships. So that's where it went. In the sky. That's my UFO. I didn't think I parked it in the void. This is bullshit. Kid Loki, who I think won a contest or has like a producer as a father to be in this show because I hate him, threatens Loki with violence to shut up or the sky monster will eat them. No, no, do you like Kid Loki? Don't, and don't let my negative... No, I mean, he hasn't really said much. I mean, even through the end, he hasn't really done much. <laughs> like, I'm not really talking about the character as much as I am, like, his very punchable face. Yeah, oh, oh, uh, that 100%. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I can't base the whole character off of his very punchable face. He is the kid in Walmart I want to dropkick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> anyway they, they begin the run or die sequence they have no plans they can't be saved kid loki's actor who's bad tells him that but also he's the one in charge because he killed his thor and he there with a bunch of loki's all who couldn't do that but because he killed his thor he's in charge so respect the boy as we zoom out we see a giant yellow jacket helm near the bunker which implies that the yellow jacket from Ant-Man, Ooh. you know, sh- like it, he shrunk down, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Got all, he got all squished, but it also was implies that, that his the, Nexus event? I, I, I think it was his squishing event. Yes, definitely. Where he done got squished. <laughs> he done got squished. And, and his whole suit became tiny, but it wasn't supposed to. So he imploded. <laughs> But his helmet is here now, which implies some quantum realm tomfoolery up in the void mix. They then run to the top of a hill where there are more Easter eggs. Here is the Thanos copter. Now, this is the best one, Adam. Mm. Okay. Do you know what the Thanos copter is? No. I didn't either before today. So apparently in the comic, Thanos was once like not a good bad guy. Oh, he was a bad bad guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's a bad, bad guy. Like He kind of graduates eventually into being a good at murdering sometimes maybe bad guy. But at the beginning, <laughs> he just like drove around a helicopter that said his name on it and oh. made people's lives a tiny bit harder than they used to be. But not nearly as bad as the mad Titan Thanos that we know and love. Right. Like he had to work his way up to a half the universe genocide. And his lowly beginning was, I will get you in my helicopter. (laughs) Like, (laughs) does it say Thanos on it in this show? Yeah, it does. It's like he'll forget how to spell his own name and he had to write it on his helicopter and be like, T-H, fuck. Oh, what is it? (laughs) A-N-O-S. Got it. Got it. Got it. And what about all those skulls? Like, well, not the skulls, like the giant cement, what I think is cement heads on the landscape. Yeah, so... Anything on that? There are there are theories, and we mm-hmm. will get there. Gotcha. Attached to the Thanos copter is also a... What looks like a nuclear weapon of some kind. It might be the bomb that Hank Pym disarmed, but I'm not Ooh. sure. And then we lower into the Loki bunker. And while we're lowering, we see the things in between the top of the hill and the actual bunker. And 
You know what? I said the Thanos copter is the best one. I'm wrong 100%, Adam. Okay. This is the best one. Correct yourself. We see Mjolnir. Yes. But also we see Throg in a jar hopping around. I I, I saw that and I wasn't sure what it was. That is Frog Thor. Oh, my God. (laughs) I want another reptile Thor. Or another. Is that. So is. Wait. Is that the Thor from the alligator Loki's universe? I I, I don't know. But I I agree (laughs) with what you're currently saying, which is. I love it. All of the Avengers should be reptiles yeah <laughs> i want to see that spinoff and then a crossover episode of <laughs> avengers and teenage mutant ninja turtles Ooh, thank you very much but anyway yeah <laughs> thor frog is in a jar hopping around and he can't reach mjolnir which is actually tragic it's a little tragic but you would think he could smash through the glass mm. he's thor but he's right? just a frog. He's just a frog. What kind of magic goddamn glass is this? Right. Or like he's still the god of thunder, but the god of maybe static electricity now? Mm, right. <laughs> like he comes close to a helium balloon and it just immediately <laughs> attaches to him. Like he's made of tiny lightning magnets. Oh, God. I want to put him in a bigger jar with a stick and a leaf. To recreate his natural habitat. A terrarium, Thor. <laughs> Ooh. He should be so lucky to have a terrarium. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, we port back to Ravona and Sylvie, who ask Miss Minutes to dig into the archives. Miss Minutes, by the way, whom I'm not 100% not convinced that James didn't find this spoiler and his like wild prediction is becoming more and more likely because mm. uh, I-, I think he, like, you know... This is a thing I know because Sam, my girlfriend, watches The Bachelor. There are like Bachelor <laughs> fantasy leagues. Yeah. And it's insane. They're not cool to play. I played for a few years, but people just like look up the spoilers of it and oh. like pretend they didn't know them. And they're like, wow, I won the league. <laughs> so eventually I just started cheating too. And I just like cheated worse than them. It's insane. Did you win the house league? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> okay. Not even close. I threw something. That's what I did. Like a real object. Because I was oh angry. God. How dare they <laughs> cheat better than me? Anyway, the point of that is that I think James found a weird, like, blacklist version of a script somewhere that says Miss Minutes. Because. That is interesting. Know. She was looking pretty sus this episode. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I was every time I see her on screen now, I just think of his theory and which we might be projecting is very true, (laughs) but I don't know. Anyway, they figure out that they got to go to the void and thank goodness there's a void spacecraft to do exactly that, which Ravona (laughs) tells Sylvie. And she very conveniently forgot about this right until the moment where she had to stall for time. And then in come a bunch of time cops rushing the room to get Sylvie and Sylvie does a monologue and then self-prunes herself. And we port back to the void where there is a Roxy Cart boxed wine in the bunker aplenty. And they're all getting <laughs> wasted and telling war stories. Now, Sylvie self-pruning herself. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting moment because like in any other episode earlier in the season, you'd have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> but honestly, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, sure. 
Yeah, do that. That yeah, makes sense. Ever since we know where Loki goes, that makes sense. And I probably would have called that one. <laughs> I wish she just, like, as she did it, like, screamed, Life has no consequences! Like, <laughs> <laughs> so the Lokis sit around with a drink and discuss their versions of reality. They name themselves the God of Outcasts, which gets low G. I remembered it. Low oh, G. Yes, excellent. Loki Wonderful. Prime, low G. It puts him into a real tizzy. He decides that no, I will not be the god of outcasts. I will not be the god of side characters. I will not be a stepping stone anymore. I am going to kill Aelith and I am going to escape this time prison. And they're like, okay. <laughs> you Good you luck go with that. do that. You dumb idiot. <laughs> Loki obviously doesn't convince his pals to help. So he leaves the bunker, but immediately when he opens the bunker door, he comes across many more versions of himself who do not look particularly friendly. Now, when that door opened, who did you pick out first? Uh, I I picked out the the main, like, Tom Hiddleston ripoff. Right. (laughs) Vote for Loki? Yes. Uh, That was the first one that I saw, but I did notice, like, Raider Loki. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Vote for Loki is interesting. Uh, it's based off of a real comic that we'll talk about in a little bit. But also, it's interesting because variants can look exactly the same. Right. And that's canon now. So, like, has there been other times in the MCU where we've been seeing a variant and not the original character? It does sort Ooh. of add to, like, the... What are they called? Skrulls? Skrulls. Skrulls yeah, yeah. bullshit. Which right. I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> No? No, I just kind of want to see, like, the actual characters doing the actual things that the actual characters would do. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's tough. We're, we're, you know, opening a multiverse. We're opening multiple realities. We're opening that might not be the Hulk. It might just be a scrawl pretending to be the Hulk. Yeah, that's true. And it just, it's one of those things that, like, if done well, it's going to be fine, but like, which right here it is. Vote for Loki. I love that shit. And that's right. great. But every time a scroll pops up, I'm like, kid you not. <laughs> you know what I also thought was really endearing about this scene? And it's so small, but I don't know why it made me so happy. Was <laughs> the kiddie pool that alligator Loki was just chilling in the whole time. Well, he has to stay wet. He was just in a kiddie pool. I know, but it just made me laugh that it was a kiddie pool. I don't know why. Well, I know why. It's hilarious. It's it's great. It's that's the best addition to this episode. I think is the possibly the whole Loki. season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. A self pruned Sylvie then wakes up within a bus, and a bunch of branches are around her. And I saw those and thought, are those like old Groot? Like the part of the old Groot that protected everyone when they fell out of the spaceship? Ooh. Did they like fall into the void? Anyway, well, whether they are or not, Sylvie is not safe because she is directly under Aelith as she ports in. Begins to run for her second life. Not In the ideal. distance is the Golden Gate Bridge, which doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm just letting you guys know. And then <laughs> while she's running, she does some like Loki power bullshit and sees a vision of a castle in the sky possibly within the quantum realm, just based on, like, the lighting. And I'll take this moment to say, that might be Chronopolis, which is, like, mm-hmm. Kang's main city base in the future. I did see that online, that um, theory. Yeah, he rules all his realms from there. It might also be, like, 
another one. That, this is the one I did not know at all. Castle Tenebre, the uh-huh. ruling seat of, of Limbo, which is another part of time. By okay. Mortis, which is another version of Kang. This is oh. where it gets fucky, <laughs> and I'm not into it anymore. Like <laughs> yeah. it might be the other kind of time with the other kind of Kang. It's it's just veering off into this stratosphere fear that I'm just like meh. Yeah, sorry, like I don't need two sides of the same Kang based yeah. coin. When it's by the way, like not a character that we've met before. We know it's Jonathan Majors, who thankfully he has a job now because Lovecraft just got canceled. Right. Sad. But uh, it's just is yeah, is a lot. Okay. <laughs> Sylvie is running and she spots a car coming towards her that is adorned by a pizza that picks her up and scuttles off, driven by Mobius baby. He's Mobius. back. Oh, I thought he was dead and gone. I thought we were just going to see him in a post-credit scene where he was riding the jet ski. <laughs> I wanted the jet ski. I wanted this to be a jet ski, not a yeah, pizza van. <laughs> right. I think maybe the pizza van is like a nod to the Pizza Planet mobile. Right. right. Yeah, it very, very well could be. I mean, Disney, you know. But still, That's like, Pixar, I don't though. think we can hang up our boots about him being on a jet ski. I think we're still going to get him on jet I ski. I need it. I freaking need it. As they drive away, we see a pyramid and the Sphinx in the distance as well, which might be a nod to Ramatut, which is another version of Kang that oh, traveled God. back in time to ancient Egypt to become Pharaoh. There's been a lot of versions of Kang. He's all up in time, so he's all over the place. <laughs> he's all up in time. <laughs> he really is. He's as much up in time as humanly possible. <laughs> Back in the Loki lair, they are all about to fight each other. The bad Lokis, or whatever you'd like to call them, are led by President Loki. I called him Vote for Loki earlier. That is the wrong name. His name is President Loki. And then as he is about to be like, we're here, we're very cool, and uh, we wear green, and look at my horns, and I'm the best. (laughs) All of the other Lokis turn on him, which is so predictable. Like oh, and yeah. I didn't I didn't predict it though. Watching I was like, "Oh no, everyone's fucked." And then everyone puts their swords to President Loki's throat and I was like, "Oh, of course." Obviously. And then in this moment, Alligator Loki, the fucking MVP of the episode, bites <laughs> off President Loki's hand. Epic. Actually epic. Low G Prime Loki, OG Loki, whatever you want to call him, watches this all in disbelief and realizes that a bunch of them together just does not work. It will never work. They will all turn on each other every moment they get a chance to until the literal end of time. Anyway, we're in a Loki fight. My favorite Loki was (laughs) Biker Loki, where he had handlebars as his horns. Did you see that? No. It's amazing. It's so, it's made me laugh when I saw it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's like Raider handlebar biker Loki. (laughs) I can ride this Loki with no handlebars. Exactly. Anyway, our main character Lokis just decide not to deal with any of this. That's Kid Loki, Classic Loki, Alligator Loki, freshly full with a hand within his belly, and Low G, pour out of here. They agree a little bit to help Loki Prime because their character development is is being squashed by the TVA and that will not stand. They they make the point like every time we kind of decide to step outside of who a Loki is, the TVA are like, mm-mm, fuck you, Void. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mobius and Sylvie, while in their burdened by glorious pizza mobile, come to the same conclusion at the same time. <laughs> burdened like by glorious pizza mobile. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 
And they arrive at the edge of Aeolith, who they see eating a ship full of the band of the village people, I think. <laughs> but th- this was actually a pretty straightforward Easter egg. This was the USS Eldridge. It says it on the side, mm-hmm. which was also known as the Philadelphia Experiment. And that was in 1943. They claimed, and that by they, I mean like the U.S. government, that they made a ship that could be invisible, like cloaked to enemy devices mm. completely, like you can't see it, which it was during World War II. So you have to assume they're just like spouting some bullshit like, yeah, now we got goddamn invisibles. So uh, you can't even see us now. Take that, dicks. But in this canon, the MCU, apparently they actually did it. The USS Eldridge was invisible, and it got so fucking invisible that it voided out. (laughs) Or that was their Nexus event. (laughs) Hey, you can't be invisible. You can't just keep saying things are everyone's Nexus event, Adam. But it could be. I mean, they ended up here in the Voidland. In the the nothing world. We're not wrong. We then get a, oh my god, I thought you were dead, meeting between Sylvie and Loki. After they introduce the team to everyone, Sylvia makes clear that she wants to enchant the cloud, not kill it. However, that would have to happen. And I do like the moment where, once again, Loki's like, we murdered the cloud. How are you going to do that? No idea, just murder <laughs> Murder it. the cloud. And then Sylvie shows up and she's like, what? That's so stupid. No, let's do magic to it. And he's like, oh, I couldn't, I can't do magic, so... So I didn't think of that. So, so you can do magic. So. Yeah, except for, you know, he threw a building earlier in the <laughs> series. So could you not? Can you do magic? Can you not do magic? <laughs> kind of like pick a side. Back at the TVA slash the worst storyline, Ravona talks to in the imprisoned Hunter B-15. They discuss how Ravona also wants to find whomever's behind the TVA. But Hunter B-15 points out to Ravona, yo, you're never going to get there first. And Ravona seems to be very interested in who set this all up, who lied to her. Again, in the comics, that she does have some history with Kang. Mm-hmm. So, again, something we'll just have to keep tabs on. But if it's not Kang at this point, the red herring number is too fucking many. <laughs> it is at this point that Ravona asks Miss Minutes for the files of the TVA at the beginning of time. And let me just take my sweet ass time. <laughs> yeah. And she says, you know, whoever created this place is in danger. I need to go help them or whatever. And Miss Minutes looks mighty worried when she hears that someone who might have created this place was in danger. Again, I'm projecting a bunch, but. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That cartoon clock was blinking a lot. What do you want me to do with that? You know, what do I do with that information? Adam, what do I do with it? I mean, I don't even know. (laughs) Do I stuff it down like all of my other emotions? Yes, 100%. Oh. Leave it there. Leave it there. Oh. Walk away. Oh. Okay. Anyway, okay. Mobius and the three other Loki crew discuss their wants and their needs while Loki and Sylvie try to be friends. Did you notice what kid Loki was holding? What? Uh, the sword? No, no, no. So he had like a, what looks like a controller or like a, it's like what you'd imagine someone with an epic drone to have. Oh. And like, it's a, I don't know. So- I I'm, I have the episode playing next to me right now as we're going through it here, and I just watched the scene where the 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 ship just got attacked by the purple cloud. 
So all the 1940 sailors are no longer. And that whole time, Kid Loki was holding a controller device, but they never mention it. He's just holding it. Like, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. What I thought of, and this is very far out there, (laughs) was that he's controlling the purple cloud. Oh, shit. And that's because it's his kingdom. Oh, listen, and you have been, you do come with that hot, hot heat. You do got to respect it. <laughs> I mean, it's probably nothing, but I, I, I just saw it again. I'm like, you know what? I don't think we ever talked about this freaking controller. No, he's just a drone enthusiast. He just is flying a drone. And that's where the, the, all the sky cam footage comes from yeah. the show. <laughs> yes. He's also the director of photography on the project. Anyway, anyway, I digress. <laughs> Again, Loki and Sylvie just have this weird sexual tension between each oh, other. Yeah. But oh my god! Uh, uh, once more, Michael Waldron, the creator of the show, is on record as saying they're not going to have like any romantic thing between them. But every moment they're next to each other and their faces are pointed at each other, you're like, I don't know. They kind of look. They want to touch their faces to each. Yeah, to each I thought faces. it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen this episode. Yeah, and the fact that he said it's not going to happen makes me want yeah. it way more. I, I just want it. Give me it. Loki Prime slash OG Lokes says he will not betray Sylvie when she asks him. And he, that's not who he is anymore. Okay? Mm. And I, I put a blanket around me just like me by myself. But, oh, man, that's a selfish thing of me. Oh, here you go. Two-person blanket. Let's all Let's both pretend like we're not descendants of Frost Giants and we're cold right now. And... They decide that maybe when this is all over, they can be alone, but together. Oh, my God. Which, in my mind, kind of seals Sylvie's death sentence. Like, Loki is going to make season two, assumably, because they have one, and it's called Loki, and that's his name. But Sylvie doesn't have to make season two, and that was a very real moment that usually when it happens to a character, you're like, oh, they're dead. But, But will she be, though? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I think that she's going to be around. I think she's sticking around. Well, this other thing is, you know, she asks if he will betray her. Is that to cover the fact that she's going to betray him? Like, he says he's changed. I believe him. But, you know, what are the odds that Sylvie's been working with Kang the whole time? And she's like, I'm sorry. It's just business. (laughs) It's a means to an end. Yeah. And at the last moment, it's like, fuck, I made a mistake. Because that's like perhaps what makes Loki in the final episode be like, I allowed someone in. I did it and I don't ever do it for this exact reason and I will never do it. Like, will it reset Loki when she betrays him? Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know if I can handle that. Emotionally, I cannot. I can't handle it. As I previously said, canon of this podcast, I shove all of my emotions down. They're not at the surface. I can't bring them back up here. Then we see the ball birds flopping about, uh, which marks the arrival of the Aeolith. What the fuck are these birds? I don't know. They're like weird chickens. Yeah, but with like floating balls for heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're alien chickens, clearly. Like void uh, end of time chickens. Right. Everyone knows the void end of time chickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath Aeolith, we see the dark aster. In the distance, that's Ronan the Accuser's ship from Guardian, so it's over there as well. Oh, I did see that. I noticed that one. So if that's there, that's the ship that Groot saved everybody in with his outsideness. So that makes more sense if possibly within the bus is Groot earlier. 
But mm. that's neither here and nor there. Then all the Lokis decide whether they're helping or not. And the consensus is, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> Kid Loki gives Prime Loki a gold knife for some reason. Like, that's going to help him against a cloud. And, although it is probably a nod to the sword of Sigurd, but still dumb. <laughs> also, this leaves Kid Loki as he walks away open for future shit. Namely, the Young Avengers, which has gotten some rumor buzz that is going to happen. And if it does, he will absolutely be there. But I think this is the point where Kid Loki is like, I have more on my plate that is not this. I am not fighting this giant cloud. See you later, old people. I'm going to get a spinoff show. And then we can punch his face. We at least have more time. Yeah. (laughs) To see it get get punched. And see him get punched in the nose. (laughs) Yeah. Mobius and Loki then say another goodbye. Loki always gets away, he says. It's very cute. Mobius is going to go back and burn the TVA to the ground with his new Tim pad, the one that Sylvie took from Avrona. And he gives one last wow and goes through the door (laughs) after the big (laughs) hug. Now, here's my question to you, Adam. Is Mobius the next Phil Coulson? Ooh, I could see it. Do you want him to be? I wouldn't mind it. I'd like to see Owen Wilson in the MCU more. I like his character. I mean, maybe they keep him for season two of Loki, and I'm not sure Mm. he can do both things at the same time. Right. But, I mean, he's like the co-star of Loki, and if they have a season two without him... That'll be a bummer. uh, Yeah, it will be a terrible bummer. It'll be a little bit of a bummer. But I feel like we'll find out more about him uh, next episode. Uh, Well, episode six, the final episode Mm. of season one. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be in episode five, and then he was. And yeah, I didn't. Right. I don't currently think he's going to be in episode six, but mm. maybe they'll surprise me again, which would be nice. I thought there was a very small shed of my thoughts that something when they were hugging that something was going to happen. I was like, "Oh, is he going to stab him or something?" Like, Whoa. and take the temp pad. Like, I thought it was going to happen, and then it was actually a genuine like, we are friends. Yeah, I did not think that at all. You are a cynical beast. I a little. I mean, after seeing Loki do this to many other people, I was like, uh, maybe it'll happen. That's true. Based on historical <laughs> evidence, he is yeah. like the backstabbing type. It's but then again, this is all taking place after the first Avengers, and he has changed drastically since then. Yeah. Well, this is a separate. Yeah, this is the evil Loki going on a character development arc that is in a condensed time frame than the regular one, who also goes on the same arc, but it takes him longer. I want to know what all these giant statued heads are all over the landscape. I'm about to talk about them. Oh, okay, good. Let's go. Yeah. So, at this point, you can see the head of the Living Tribunal on the ground, one of two heads. The Living Tribunal is, or was, the cosmic entity proceeding over the multiverse, guarding it. Mm. So, if someone destroyed it, it would allow for the creation of the TVA, basically. Right. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. take over for what the Tribunal was doing. And this is the second time the Living Tribunal has come up in the MCU. The first was Doctor Strange and the staff that Mordo had that he said was imbued with the Living Tribunal's magic. Oh, yes. I remember that. Uh, there's also Easter Island heads all around. Yep. There's also flying whale bones, yep. perhaps from the Thanos army and Avengers. Oh, the Chitari or whatever the hell they're called? Yeah, I think so. There's also a shield helicarrier. There's mm-hmm. also the lighthouse of Alexandria somewhere in there. Oh. Yeah. 
Anyway, the slap as fuck music is back as Aleph <laughs> comes down to take them out. Loki is the distraction with his fire sword while Sylvie waits to do her magic shit. And just as she is about to be eaten, classic Loki, Richard E. Grant, who said he was not going to help but did do a patented look back and think about it, figured out that he actually does want to help, returns off the top ropes, drops the people's enchanted elbow of glorious <laughs> purpose, and makes Asgard fucking as big as possible. He enchants that shit, and Alioth is like, oh shit, what's that? I'm gonna eat that up. And he is like creating a gigantic version of Asgard by himself, which makes Loki and Sylvie look over there and be like, oh, maybe we have more power than we thought we did. Damn. Damn, Daniel. Damn, we <laughs> Back at it again with a green conjuring power. And he, though, sadly, is sacrificing himself in this moment. He gets eaten up by Aerolith, yeah, who drops a stunner on his ass and pours beers on his green corpse. <laughs> if you smell what Aerolith is cooking. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what was Stone Cold Steve Austin's catchphrase? What? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Solid point. Anyway, Sylvie and Prime Loki, Loki OG, I've, fuck. Anyway, Loki. they cross dicks and they double enchant the fucker uh, together with the power of both friendship this, and love. This is wonderful commentary. <laughs> <laughs> and then they destroy that purple people eater dirtbag. Rightfully so. Was it destroyed, or is it just simply in a state of limbo or st of stasis? Yeah, it might be because he's the guard dog to whatever is about to happen yeah. next, which is a calming music comes over the void. Again, the music is so good, and that cloud dissipates and reveals that there's the castle that Sylvie saw earlier in her vision behind him. The two holding each other's hands walk in. And the episode ends. So yeah, Aleth might be alive somewhere, some way. Right. But he's maybe green now and not here currently. But uh, this other thing, because Aleth was enchanted and then they went through a portal or whatever it was behind him, are they going into like an Aleth memory? Because that's what enchanting has done to people in the past or are they going right. to a real place? I, I think that they're going into a memory because what is it? Aeolith? Mm -hmm. Aeolith is a, is a giant cloud. Maybe it's the, uh, I don't know what the word is, but the visual representation of a mind and that the mind I mean, palace, like it could be the mind palace. Okay. And they're stepping in and are going to view it. And then, and then, when they're done, they can step out and whatever happened. I mean, we'll find that out, I suppose. But Or it could very well be them teleporting into the spot because they have now suspended the cloud monster. And it is, in fact, a portal. Hmm. Yeah, I have, to be fair, no idea. So I look forward to next episode when we find out yeah. where they're going if they're meeting Kang. Here are my big bad odds, by the way. I think the most likely is Kang, just because yeah. of the amount of Easter eggs that they have been mm -hmm. pouring down our gullets. I think the secondary option is He Who Remains, 
which, as we might recall, created the TVA to begin with, or created the Timekeepers to begin with. Third is probably like Sylvie's in cahoots with Kang. So Kang oh, again, but Sylvie's also in on it. I hope not. Me too, but I don't know. This part of me just, part of me, you know. She, part, like, I think her options are sacrifices herself for Loki and dies. Yep. Is in on it with Kang or with whoever's the bad, big bad, figures out that she has made a mistake and she sacrifices herself for Loki and she dies. Or three, she's helpful. I hope she's helpful. Because I like her character, I do. Me too. Actually, I don't hope for that, actually. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I, part of me does, but a part of me just hopes for like the best story, and the first two are better stories to me. So yeah, in my fair. fan fiction, it's the second one. where she's What was the second one again? Where she's Kang. in cahoots? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't Ravona maybe know of that too? Because she, I mean, according to the lore, she is in cahoots with Kang or knows. Mm, not cahoots. Kang not cahoots. is sort of crushing on Ravona in the comics. Gotcha. Okay. And okay. Ravona refuses him. And he kidnaps the Avengers to be like, I love you so much. I love you this much. Do you like oh this? Oh, my God. Like, like a cat bringing a mouse world. onto the patio. I'm like, Do you like this? Do you want this mouse? And Ravona's like, no, fuck. Get away from me. In fourth place, I'll put Miss Minutes as yeah. an option. I, I like that option because she's kind of just like very low key, no pun intended. And but I, I like that. I like that theory that James James put out there. I kind of wish the pun was intended. Yeah, it was a little intended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put Mordo fifth because we haven't talked about Mordo for a while, but they mm. did bring up. Or we did see the Living Tribunal thing, and that does call back to him in that moment, although that is a deep dive. Uh, behind him, I'll put in Loki and Sylvie have a variant baby, and that rips time asunder. Oh, my God. <laughs> and last but not least, James and Chad are yeah. in the show, and they're the bad guys. They are the bad guys. They're just uh, derailing it for our review. Yeah. In fact, speaking of James... Yeah. He wrote on the Discord earlier his thoughts, and I shall read them to you now, and then you give me your feedback on his Sounds feels. Good. <laughs> Sounds good. So he's making a prediction for Loki Episode 6. It's hard to make a specific prediction, so mine will be vague. The ending will not be kind of like an oh-shit revelation with far-reaching implications for the MCU. It will be some kind of like Ralph Boner reveal. Probably mm. the TVA is some scam controlled by a version of Loki. Or something equally as disappointing as that. So far, the other two shows have been about evolving and powering up the main character without shaking shit up very much for Phase 4, which is true. WandaVision was to make Wanda one of the most powerful beings in the world, a Nexus being, which it did. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was to make Falcon Captain America, and he's better at the shield now, so he is more powerful. And... Going back to what James is saying, I think Loki will do the same. However, every other MCO show prediction I've made has been wrong, and I hope this one is wrong too. So he's basically saying that Loki will just get a power-up, which he kind right. of already has. He now knows how to he enchant, has. and he can throw buildings and shit. And he found out that he could be very strong. Right. But it won't change the MCU as a whole. Right. I, You know what? As he wrote that out, 
I mean, it makes sense that they would do that because it is a show. And, you know, like I said, in one of the earlier podcast episodes, like to not change the canon of the actual movies, because who knows who's watching the show versus seeing the movies? Like, do they want the movies to stand on their own and the shows to stand on their own, but just be part of the same world? But I hope that it's not. I hope it does have implications for the theater or theatrical release movies versus just it being on the show. I think that Marvel has the audience that will watch the show and will watch the movies. I hope so. I hope James hope so. isn't right, but a part of me thinks he is. I know. Me too. That's the that's the crux of it. Yeah. Just based on Marvel's inability within the shows to take very large leaps right. up until now. And if they did, it would be the first time. So it's it- unlikely that they will. Yeah, I mean this this show put forward something in the MCU that drastically can change the entire what we in, know entirely about the MCU because I don't know about of the that. whole like, time change shift. Yeah, but Ant Man already put the quantum realm forward too. Fair, yeah. So like it's all which listen, those are two separate things, but I'll put them in the same like wibbledy wobbledy bullshit category, <laughs> right? It ain't just like kung fu fights on earth whoever wins wins right. now there's some extracurricular shit mm. Mm. yeah i'm now going to read the top five reddit comments and you tell me your feelings on them excellent if thor and presumably loki are over 1500 years old and they look like that already imagine how old the old man loki was and how long he spent on that planet alone i don't think we covered this but he said he hid from thanos unlike our loki who got his neck snapped and he was alone on a planet by himself for a very long time and then tried to escape that planet because he Uh, missed his brother which is sad yep 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 and while trying to escape the tva took him away so how long must he have been on that planet to one get that powerful but two look that old if he was 1500 years old already when he looked like tom hiddleston maybe it was the timeline where they age normally Mm. yeah but who i mean who knows who knows i mean we we don't know i think that there's too little information for us to know that no i i don't think i don't think it is i i think he built asgard from memory because he had thousands and thousands of years to think about his home a home that he wasn't at anymore and a brother that he didn't have anymore because he chose this life it's very tragic it's tragic as fuck it is it is his story was tragic it was kind of a bummer to see him sacrifice himself even though it was for the greater good but because i liked him too like his crazy demonic laugh at the end when he was getting like annihilated by the purple cloud monster like it was just like i was like this is great i love him young loki it's dangerous to go alone take this he gives a fire dagger (laughs) to fight a smoke dragon thanks kid hey thanks (laughs) thanks kid uh again classic loki's story was heartbreaking getting pruned as soon as he realized he wanted to see his brother again at least mobius's change of heart gave him hope that loki's could be better for themselves yeah what a badass way to go out for classic loki but i we've already discussed that but i'll say i'm just also glad for mobius to be in a place where he doesn't feel great about being lied to his whole life and having his life torn away from him but he has a purpose a glorious purpose now. Right. <laughs> okay, all of these are about classic Loki. Hold on. 
I love how in a couple different scenes when they're cutting from each Loki's reaction slash response, it stops on alligator Loki for a few seconds of him just being himself. And and gra- and just like uh, <laughs> whispers to alligator Loki, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. You're, you're all, you'll always be my favorite. And for the final Reddit comment, oh, mm-hmm. look, a giant castle on the edge of time. I wonder who lives there. <laughs> and, and the next person's like, I know we're all thinking it. It's Howard uh, yeah. the Duck. It, wait, <laughs> Howard the Duck? <laughs> yeah. All I can think of is uh, freaking uh, the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy, where he's just chilling in one of those chambers. Oh, my God. Isn't he dead, though? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I I, pro- I think so. Did he not explode? Or, or very sedated. Oh, oh, that's right. He probably exploded. I feel like he exploded. <laughs> he exploded. Yeah. Well... A good episode. I think the best episode so far. I I I I agree. I thought last last episode was the best one, and it was to the point. But I liked that we found out about all these other Lokis. I liked that we got all three heroes back together again. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I think it was. I think it's 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 shaping up to crescendo this last episode, and I hope it pays off, man. Me too. I think I still have it behind WandaVision, but in front of Falcon. I think depending on the end, it can go in front of WandaVision for me. Just because the end of WandaVision, for me, was not incredibly satisfying. Right? Yeah, I agree. So, but I've had fun watching it. Especially this episode. I love Easter eggs. Easter eggs are my shit. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a bunch of them, I bet, that I didn't even pick up on. And the internet probably hasn't even found yet. So, I look forward to people finding yeah, more exactly. shit in the future and i look forward to next episode i'll actually be on vacation next week and i'm gonna be taking my microphone so like hopefully i'll be here but if not i'm definitely calling into the show no matter what listen to how committed he is everyone yeah commitment so yeah thank you for listening to some regular housekeeping James is still working on the Westie Town, the part three of our Call to Cthulhu campaign, our D&D game. Me, Adam, Sam, and James played. He's still editing it. It's going to be awesome when it comes out. So look forward to that in the future. Heck yeah. The Nothing Star Academy podcast that I've been describing and the trailer will play at the end of this episode will premiere on September 1st. So look forward to that. Adam is in the first episode. It's already done, actually. And patrons will be getting it a month early on August 1st. So you can go and give a dollar a month at patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z and hear that episode and every episode of that podcast early on that Patreon and before we go, I will read to you my favorite Reddit comment about this episode. <laughs> it is a, I'm not going to do a very good impression, but it is a impression of Stefan from SNL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> New York's hottest club is The Void. This club has everything. Classic Lokis, Kid Lokis, a Loki Gator, Mobius in a 1970s pizza delivery car. And if you really want to get wild, check out Aelith in the alley out back. <laughs> Wait, what? what's an Aelith? You know that thing where a sentient storm devours all matter at the end of time and is also there with Dan Cortez? That's my, uh, <laughs> that's my shitty impression. You know, it was Stephane. A for effort, man. Now I'm really bad at impressions. It's been pointed <laughs> out to me that my, wow, like my, my. That one, th- hey, that one was good. That one was spot on. That one was great. Do your wow. wow. Wow, that's great, yeah. Mm. I think yours is better.
I don't know. <laughs> wow. Welcome one and all to Nothing Star Academy, the premier school for the violent wandering adventurer. Whether you're an eighth year super senior anxious to graduate and become the homicidal murder hobo you always knew you could be, or you're but a lowly serf just weeks from getting unceremoniously hit by a pigeon at full speed that signifies you've been hand-selected to attend our prestigious academy, I welcome you back to Nothing Star. Hello, I am Saratoga Random Dent Jones, but my one friend calls me Jonesy, and I welcome you to the show, the inaugural episode. (laughs) Very exciting. Hi, I'm Ryan Brady, and that was a trailer for Nothing Star Academy, a podcast about a school where D&D characters go to learn about being violent wandering adventurers, like they needed the help. It's not just D&D, it's fantasy characters, and sci-fi characters, and it's all the ones you know and love. I took Harry Potter and D&D and Lord of the Rings and, you know, you get it, and put them in a school, like Hogwarts, but different. Anyway, it is a podcast that will be premiering on September 1st, 2021, and dropping on the 1st and the 15th of the month afterwards. I've been working really hard on it, so... I definitely want you to listen to it. P.S. And by the way, you can come follow us on Nothing Star Pod on Twitter to get updates and stuff. I also host another podcast called The HBO Boys, where we recap and review television and movies, some of which aren't even on HBO, which I get is confusing. And if you listen to that show, you'll meet a lot of the pals that will be on Nothing Star in the future. It's like you were in a time machine, but for... for And with a podcast. Sounds good to me. Anyway, fuck, the phone rang. I gotta go. Please join us on September 1st, and I'm getting to it. And I'll see you there. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye.